podcast. Guys, I'm not even going to do a sound check this week. I couldn't give a fuck. No, I'm just coming straight in with uh, this week's podcast because you know what? I've got a wee cold. I've got a wee sniffle again. And um, you know what? I'm just feeling what is now kind of hungover. I think it's a fair. Um, description. I could just sit here and be one of these people and be like, "Nah, I'm just tired." You know, I'm I'm, ex- I'm pretty. I'm t- nah, I'm hung. I'm H to the U to the N to the J Z. You know, I'm hungover. I've had a couple of nights of drinking in a row. And hey, when you get over the age of thirty, that's a fight, a fight. You know, and now I, my body just can't cope with it. Um. It's flipping like 8 o'clock on Sunday night and I'm recording this podcast and it feels like I'm recording it in the twilight zone of about between 3 and 4 a.m. because that's how exhausted I feel. And throughout it all, and through it all, I've got a sore throat and that's what started it all. Guys, we had a very busy week. You know, I'm not going to complain about what I've been getting up to this week because let's be fair, it's been a fun week. It's been a good, busy week. But throughout that, I've been medicating. I've been taking those drugs, baby. And not those sort of sweet drugs that, you know, you makes you feel some kind of way. It takes you to a better place, lets you just, you know, hallucinate, lets you go on a little trip. You know, I've never taken any drugs really before at all. I've only ever um, smoked some of that you know that reefer I think the kids call it before and like that was been has it been about it haven't done any of those you know those acids or those hallucinogenics to know exactly what that feels like you know just disappearing off a hot air balloon just flying up into the sky with all these weird like monkey giraffes and stuff you know that's what I, that's what I imagine hallucinogenics to to be you know that kind of way um it's never happened to me before I've had dreams you know when I've been asleep which I guess are similar in many respects to hallucinogenic drugs because you go through really weird things in your dreams. You know, like I had this dream last week about that I was just in a Turkish bath, you know, like as in the baths, Turkish baths, an establishment, not just a bath that had originated from Turkey, which would also have been quite weird, but I was in, in these Turkish baths and for some reason... Gary Kemp out of Spandau Ballet wanted to get my teeth now Gary Kemp is not even the real well known Kemp I think it's Martin Kemp you know he's the well known one but I just dream about Gary Kemp looking at my teeth I don't know whether he just wanted like my head's a big head so I assume my teeth would be quite big teeth in my head they look quite small they look like gap milk teeth you know what I mean? That's how they look. Whereas in Gary Kemp's head, they could be big, you know, full tombstone teeth. But he was looking at those babies anyway, and I woke up really perturbed about it, to be totally honest. You know, I know I know people try and analyse dreams, but I don't buy all that shit. People think stupid things, and it doesn't actually mean anything. It doesn't, oh, you dreaming about losing your teeth? That means you're worried about money. Nah, it means your brain is weird. It means it's wired strange. It means your thoughts go to bizarre places. Like, why Gary Kemp? That's a random guy. It's in my brain. 
who I don't have too much knowledge about. Like, you know, it's like me picking Linford Christie, you know, just randomly out of there and going, I Linford Christie was in my dream, trying to give me a manicure. You know, it's just weird stuff. And that's how I imagine hallucinogenics would be. Like, I'd just be floating up a field and then there would be like a goalkeeper trying to like block me from rising too high out of the field. And that would be, you know, Premier League legend. A 1990s goalkeeper, Steve Grisovich, with a busted nose from Coventry. You know, he'd be trying to stop me getting any further out of the field as a rise and rise and into like the next dimension of hallucinogenics. Um, have I taken too many cold based medicines today by the sounds of that? Yeah, probably. You know, but also I am feeling the effects of my hangover. So hopefully the podcast isn't too shit for you listening to. Um, in terms of content, first and foremost, and secondly, sound, because I feel super nasally. And um, I'm going to actually pause this for one quick second. And now I'm back. I had the, I think the phrase is hockaloogie, um, as in go and spit that out because I just had germ all up in me. And it's not been a sweet feeling, but you know, it's good. It's coming from a good place. You know, why people are like, you know, I've been very busy. I'm run down. I'm feeling a bit tired. I'm um, sorry, second. Another noise. I'm just getting a back scratcher because of an itchy back too, like which is the worst and almost the most rewarding feeling. You know, it's the worst, but at the same time, it's better than an orgasm. Getting a good scratch. You know, as as a as a bear myself, you know, I really, oh, I really enjoy a good scratch. Hopefully, this doesn't play back too too badly through the podcast because it does sound. It does sound like I'm sanding down a shiffer robe. You know, it sounds like I'm sanding down an old wardrobe. You know, like a sort of wardrobe that you get in a second-hand shop that you think looks like tat, but whenever you bring it, you know, like Dickinson's Real Deal, or like, hey, fuck, that's a legit wardrobe you've got there, my man. You know, that's no Ikea shit. They don't make them like I used to. You know, they don't do that. That's how I feel with his back scratcher. But yeah, good week. Been a gig-filled week. I've been gigging Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week. And all of the gigs, in their own way, were brilliant, you know. Um, On Monday, I was doing a live podcast. Not the weird podcast, because as I've said before, (coughs) I don't think a live weird podcast would get anywhere. You know, I don't think it would make it a better experience than what it is me in a room talking shit. You know, I don't think that would get any better. It would just effectively a live podcast of this podcast just be a live chat. You know, just be me and a group of people paying to have a chat with me. That would be literally it, you know. Um, I know people chat about Patreon and what they'd do if they got Patreon money. You know, if I were to set up Patreon, I would get myself, you know, better sound equipment on this and very possibly get a producer in just so I'm not in a room talking to myself because like like I'm saying I'm flying up in the sky and Steve Grizovich is trying to stop me that's how I'm feeling right now I have heavy eyes my brain is separate from the rest of my body right now I feel like I'm about to go to sleep now I have recorded a weird podcast before and fallen asleep literally whilst recording it I had to just bin it and start again that's not going to happen tonight because we're going to power through regardless of what happens. And if I do fall asleep and start snoring, guess what, boys and girls, you're going to get to listen to me snoring on a podcast because I ain't got time to re-record it. 
But the Boytown podcast, on the other hand, live is a brilliant experience. I love doing the live Boytown podcast. Like, I go as far to say that there's some of the most fun nights in entertainment that I have had. You know, it's not it's like we do do a bit of stand up. I was trying bits, you know, just throwing a few bits about. You know, I was throwing some bits about, like as if I was the Sunny D man. You know, get rid of those bits, just throw them out there. Get rid of that pulp, have a fresh streamlined orange juice, aka set. And, you know, the audience, I don't think they dug it. You know, I don't think they liked all my new bits. I didn't really have any time to hone my bits, you know, so I just was kind of winging it. But it felt okay. Lots to be worked on from that. But the, the actual uh, the actual podcast itself was fucking great crack. Um, we had a full house in the accidental theatre, so thanks to everybody who came out that night. Um, it was so much fun, and we got to do a bit of mugging off. Once again, phone calls. If you haven't listened to Boytown, I met Shane Todd, who hosts the podcast with me, make phone calls to people, and he makes me make phone calls to people, basically playing characters. And we try and make the other person last as long as possible. That's something Shane and I have been trying for a long time. To make each other last as long as possible, but then inevitably we just blow the beans too early and mug each other off. But it was a great show, um, and I felt good about it. I feel like we need to push maybe Boytown Live a bit more. We don't really bother our holes, and it's just through, I think, having too much stuff to do. Do you know what I mean? And it's a shame because I love doing it. Shane loves doing it, and if we just pushed it a wee bit more, we could turn these nights into some kind of weird I was going to say make America great again style rally we don't want that because we love all people but I just mean there would be a big following you know by idiots ideally you know because you got to be slightly idiotic to enjoy what Shane and I do because we are a pair of idiots so that on the Monday which was great Tuesday I was able to just go home and see my daughter you know that wee girl that like I um, made with another person that other person being my wife you know that that um, deal you know so that's part of the part of the parcel is in the one night off I went home with them just spent really good time with them put the wee one put the wee woman to bed see I, what, what is it with over here you know Northern Ireland calling everybody like if you have a if, if you have a little boy and a little girl you call you don't call them the little boy or little girl anymore you call them the wee woman, the wee man, you know, it's like, stop it, the wee woman, the wee chick, the wee man, you know, let's call him your little boy, little daughter, but a good time with Holly and then I'll just lay low, relaxed, because you know what, I'm still working that full time and it's doing my head in, (coughs) it's just so hard. See full-time jobs and trying to be funny. And see trying to be very funny. Like trying to be funny enough where you can leave your full-time job to be funny permanently on a full-time basis. It's so hard. Because you have to take all the work that's coming. you got to take all the gigs that are coming. And then you got to get yourself to bed. And you got to get up in the morning. you got to rinse off your balls. you got to rinse off those armpits. Dry them off with a hairdryer. I use a hairdryer. Not on my genitals. I dry those with a towel, but I use my armpits. With the spray and the hair dryer just to make sure I don't sweat 
But guess what? Newsflash, George Alagaya, 10 p.m. I sweat. I sweat regardless. But <coughs> I took the, the other gig on Wednesday in Lavery's, which, you know what? I love Lavery's Comedy Club. It's always great fun. Always got my mates there. You know, a load of my friends, my boys are there. It's just a good hangout to just go there and spend a bit of time with your friends. Now, obviously, I spent enough time with my wife and daughter on that Tuesday night to do me for several weeks. So I felt quite good about just going out on the Wednesday night, gigging Lavery's. I, had a, I, I tried some old stuff mixed in with some new stuff. I'm trying to work on my new set at the minute, but whilst not leaving behind old bits of material, you know, I don't want to completely put bits to bed yet because I feel like there's just more to come, you know what I mean? There's just more to those bits. Like, I was writing some sets this week and some vintage bits I wrote down and just changed some of them because the new bits were just better, maybe a bit more elaborate, a bit more work on in but just a bit better effectively is what I'm saying so we did Lavery's on Wednesday and I enjoyed it thoroughly um, the new bits went down well the old bits you know they, they were a bit better you know they've been rejigged and then I had the big one on Thursday night Pug Ugly's Comedy Club which is every Thursday night at Pug Ugly's Bar in Bedford Street in Belfast £5 in show starts at 9pm sharp doors half eight loads of drinks deals loads of um great acts all for a fiver but this week in pug uglies was a little bit special now when i say a little bit special the last couple of weeks we have had have been a little bit special we have full houses we have people turning up really just enjoying the shows you know really positive feedback and this week, I was able to get a bona fide A-list stand-up comedian on the headline. And if you didn't see who that was, it was none other than John Bishop, the Bish, you know, famous comedian, TV star, you know, Liverpool guy, you know, you're, you li- yeah, that's how I brought him on stage, hey guys. This next guy, you know him. He's a TV star, stand-up comedian, uh, Liverpool guy. No, I didn't say that. I'm just so sleepy. He's just, everyone knows him. You know, long story short, it was John Bishop and a fucking great, you know. Um, to get someone like that on and Pug Uglies, for me personally, was a massive, massive feather in the cap. Now, when I say for me personally, getting them on was a massive feather in my cap, did I have much say in him being on nope (laughs) did I book him nope was I happy to have him yes now what happened was long story short John Bishop's crew got in touch with the bar owner of Pug Uglies who turns out they know each other I think they went to uni or something together I don't know the ins and outs but it's good so uh, they got in touch with the owner and they were like look we're doing this show where John's going about Ireland filming bits and eventually it's about like how you form a show so it's about him trying out bits in comedy clubs and bars and then doing like a big show at the end of it <clears throat> so they got in touch said they're looking to do Pug Uglies now the boss of Pug Uglies the boss is in there 
are top guys. You know, a lot of time for them. They've been great with me. They've been great with the comedy club. And at this occasion, one of them phoned me and was like, "Look, Dave, John Bishop's looking to do a spot at the comedy club. Would that be all right with you?" No. I don't know what they expected from the prima donna himself. That they phone me and go, would it be all right if famous comedian John Bishop comes to do your Thursday night club? You know, imagine I went, listen, guys, I have a lineup booked, and that lineup is staying as it is. You know, that would have been a bad idea. You know, I could not have been more excited to get John Bishop on the club we still were able to get the acts that had booked on in the night and they were both great uh, Fraser Robb and Teresa Livingstone if you haven't seen those guys definitely check them out and um, they're amazing and both of them actually blew the roof of the place on Thursday night and then had the joy of bringing John Bishop on who is just you know he's just as good as you'd imagine him being you know he came on everyone was delighted the same you know, it was a bit of a surprise. I don't know how much of a surprise it was come Thursday night because I announced it at the comedy club the week before that he would be... Oh, shit, I've just broken my parents' desk. Bollocks. You know, I'm literally, literally mid-flow. No organisation to the podcast this week. No notes. Just a sleepy boy back from his holidays and I've just literally broken my mum and dad. Like, this desk looks like it's come off the antique roadshow. It's like a proper old fucking you know I'm just going to leave it and hope they don't listen to the podcast Um, but where was I? I fully lost my train of thought yeah I don't know what happened there but I I I broke a desk, I lost my train of thought I paused the recording before I finished speaking hey guys, I've been drinking I've been drinking and you know your big mate does like to drink very much so anyway they said would it be okay if John Bishop came on to do poker please I said yes we announced it last week at the comedy club said tickets were only available via booking on Puggleys website or by emailing the Puggleys bar should I say and everyone there were like "Is he? are you joking and I'm like yeah I'm joking I'm coming on to my comedy club I'm telling an audience full of people we've booked somebody just for banter. No, obviously I'm not joking, you fucking morons. You know? And the amount of people who didn't email that were there that night just missed out on what was a great night. Now, the night itself, superb. The comedy club was brilliant. And then after that, Bishop... Bish, John Bishop, Johnny, John Boy, JB as I like to call him. Oh, I talk some shit. He decided he was going to do another night for charity, aware NI, great cause. And I was lucky enough to be asked to do support for that. And that night was quite was fun. You know, listen now, it was fun in terms of I got to support John Bishop. You know, that was fun. He was a great guy, first and foremost. A lot of people are wanting to know what he was like as a person. Absolute gent, you know, in terms of, you know, doing gigs and supporting bigger acts. As somebody coming through, you always want the acts that are there and established to be, you know, open, welcoming, you know, supportive, 
friendly, you know, and, and he was all of that, you know, he's a total gent, and it was really, really a big deal for me to be allowed to support him. Now, the second night, was it as enjoyable as the first, in terms of on stage? Nah, not so much. Some audience members weren't great. Like, I got the vibe that there were audience members there, that it was literally their first rodeo, hadn't been to a comedy show before. You know, just were a bit awkward, some of them, you know, but I got some laughs, I did my job, I teed them up, and then Bish, of course, smashed it when he came on, you know, as per, because that's what the people were there to see, they were say, there to see John Bishop, they weren't there to see me, they were like, who's this really sexy, swagged out guy in a slick-ass jacket, bringing me the laughs, you know, put him away, I want to see that gap-toothed stonehead off the stage, and I want to see a buck-toothed gouser instead, and it's what they got, and he absolutely smashed it, but it was just a big, a big chance for me to, 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 you know, do a good, a good gig with a good headliner, and I really enjoyed it, and afterwards, you know, he was super generous with his time, you know, he was, he chatted to me, you know, he gave me a time of day, spoke about stuff, you know, talked about comedy, talked about this and that, just a real, a real nice guy, and he was willing to pose for photos with people as well. Like there was no issue with it. There was no, oh, I need to go or go back to my hotel, or I need to, you know, stay behind. Anyone that asked him for a photo, he get give them a photo, you know, and um, including my wife Catherine who was there. She's like, Dave, can I meet him? And I, I was sort of like, well, yeah, I'll bring you over and introduce you. You know, I'm not going to just be like bring you over like as if I'm some kind of bouncer. You know, just come over me and introduce them now. Whenever they were, whenever they were talking, like we went, he went in for like the kiss on the cheek, you know. So like it was like French style on each cheek, but there was a distinct awkward moment between you know do like I don't know whether Catherine knew that we we're going for each. Cheek. I don't know what was going on, but there was a slight delay in between one side and the other, bit of eye contact. You know, it did look, for all intents and purposes, like they were just going to get off with each other. Right. So, I'm watching this going, is this what you have to do to make it? You know, do you have to, you know, because if this is what it is, take my way, you know, take her. If this is what we need to do, you know, to get the ball rolling, if you have to, sac- you know, sacrifice your wife, hey, you... I'll do it, you know. I will <laughs> will do that. And uh, <coughs> luckily enough, I didn't have to do that, you know. It, they, they literally were just having a conversation, you know. But then I'm thinking, you know, is this what happens when you got you know, big acts that, you know, they have to, it's just part of it, the, the, you know, serving your time. You need to sacrifice family members to the comedy gods. And, like, on the UK comedy scene... John Bishop is, you know, one of the comedy gods, you know. There's a few UK comedians that you classify as comedy gods. He'd be one of them, you know. Others being, like, Peter Kay, Ricky Gervais, you know, people like that. Alan Carr. No, not Alan Carr. Jimmy Carr, probably. Alan Carr wouldn't be a comedy god. Jimmy Carr probably would be, although I don't really like Jimmy Carr's stand-up or laugh. He, in fact, I don't like his stand-up and don't like his laugh, you know. 
just merely because I don't like one-liners, and I just think that laugh's so dumb. <laughs> Definitely not real, you know. But anyway, if he wanted to get off my wife, I'd just let him. Even though I'd be like, hey man, I don't like your laugh, and don't really like your stuff, but hey, if you want to mack on with the missus, go ahead. You know, Peter K, you fire ahead in there too. If it's going to get me ahead in life, just, you know, take her. See what I mind. But luckily that didn't actually have to happen. I was, it was all in my head. But it was superb. And a lot of money was raised for a wear I, which was, is a great cause. Um, I'm actually doing more charity gigs coming up in the next wee while. You know, which is, is something because charity gigs are weird as a stand-up because, you like, although you want to do things for good causes, it's still your job. You know, you're still wanting to get paid for that. So it's hard. You have to pick which gigs you do, you know, correctly. You know, there's some causes. Like, if, you do, if I did every charity gig, I'd be out of the house way too often to come home with no money to a wife and a and a daughter and be like I was just like kind of for my own <sighs> for my, ah, fuck this it's my parents they're above the room that I'm recording in they're using hammers on the floor they're wearing stilts it seems they've got weight belts on them that are chingling jingling they're banging, they're smashing, they're scraping, they're bashing. And it made me get pissed off there. And I lost my cool. I've lost my place. But charity gigs. A lot of gigs, you 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 know, you, you want money. Effectively, if you're doing stand-up, you don't want people to go, it'll be good exposure. You know, I don't need exposure at this point. You know, I need cash. You know, albeit exposure is useful to a point like you want as many followers as possible but most people are like offering you exposure for things it's not your audience do you know so you want dough like more often than not if you're doing stuff for charity charities are there helping people you know with maybe illness or you know circumstance whereas I'm just trying to make people laugh. So if you're somebody that's like really interested in, like say, the Chest Heart and Stroke Association, the last thing you want is, you know, with Chest Heart and Stroke Association, if you want to check out this guy that's going to be joking about his grandest balls, go ahead. You know, if anything, I'm probably bad for hearts, you know, because I make people laugh to the point whereby <laughs> their hearts may or may not burst. You know, so if you're doing those charity gigs, you want money. But I'm doing charity gigs because the causes are good causes. Now, I'm doing both these charity gigs in March. The first one I'm really pushing because um, it's for Marie Curie Cancer Care. I already said Marie Curie Cancer Research, but that's just literally naming off two cancer charities side by side in that it's Marie Curie and Cancer Research do you know what I mean it's like mm, mm, mm. so the proceeds are going to Marie Curie it's also to raise funds for a friend of mine who's been diagnosed with cancer um, terminally unfortunately and it's just a way of me 
trying to do something to help a situation that's you know there's not a powerful lot that you can do to help you know so if in some way we can contribute a bit of bit of money to help with treatments or or whatever's needed that would be really good for me so i've been good enough to get a fucking absolute lineup of killers you know like this lineup is like they're all my favorite boys on the, the comedy scene now i know people are like oh excuse me <laughs> did you just say all your favorite boys um what about your favorite girls and i'll say this to you there are girls who I like, there are girls who I don't like, there are boys who I like, there are boys who I don't like, there are female stand-ups who I like, there are male stand-ups who I like, there are female stand-ups who I don't like, there are male stand-ups who I don't like. But I just did this gig with my best friends, who are comedians, you know what I mean? And just so happens, all my best friends who are comedians are boys, you know? Now, would I be allowed to have a best friend who's a girl in comedy? Because I'm married man? Nah, my wife would hate it. You know, because she's a hypocrite and it's fine to flirt with John Bishop. But if I just happen to have a friend with platonic feelings, no flirting, she'd be cross. You know? That's also a joke, by the way. I just happened, so happened to be the comedy squad, the boys, who are my, my mates. So, you know, it's myself on in the night on the 12th of March in the black box. Yeah, tickets are 20 quid, but hey... It's all going to a good cause, you know. And I'm and I'm out of my house away from my kid. Ain't getting no coin for that. None of the boys are. It's myself, Mickey Bartlett, Kieran Bartlett, Rory Woods, Aaron McCann, Aaron Butler, Colin Geddes, Shane Todd, and I just smacked my back scratcher off the desk. What's Rory Woods, Aaron McCann, Aaron Butler, Kieran Bartlett, Mickey Bartlett, Colin Geddes. Me, Shane Todd, off 20 quid. Which, when you break that down, it's a lot of funny bastards for a relatively small bit of sheet. But then that sheet's being brought straight, you know, so straight, just brought to a good cause. And that's on the 12th of March, that's my big gig and pushing. Now this week, if you want to see El Papi, if you want to see the big dog, if you want to see the homeless guy, where you got to go is on Thursday night. You got to go to Pug Ugly's Comedy Club, where we're buzzing. You know, we're buzzing at the minute. We're the comedy club on everyone's lips. How'd they get Bish? Hey, just by total coincidence, really. You know. But we got him. He played it. He loved it, and he smashed. And this week we've got Sean Haggerty on. You know, winner of Ireland's funniest joke. He's been on Ireland's Got Talent, made it to the live shows. And then we've got in support Cormac McDermott of the Notorious Barrack Boys fame. Both great stand-ups. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great night. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be one of the best nights. And I myself, I'm once again, I've got my my little collection of toys not sex toys before your mind goes there but just little toys and we'll get my toys out I'm just going to play with them I'm going to fiddle around with bits and I'm going to try some new bits of material this Thursday so get on down to Pug Uglies it's only a fiver fuck a f- like a fiver you can't even get a fucking Kinder Bueno bar and a bottle of water for less than a fiver 
you know what I mean? And yeah, that's essentially just air. You know, Kinder Buenos are just air with cream. You know, it's, that's all it is. Tasty cream that flies in air. Sounds once again perverted, but it's not what it's meant to be. You know? It isn't. And then on Friday, I'm in the front page bar. Boom, boom, and Balamina. All you Balamaniacs want to come out and see the weird guy live in action. Come to the the front page in Balamina on, on Friday, the 1st of March. You know, the weird guy, of course, being Robbie McShane, because I'm totally compassmentous with it, but that'll be a good night. I think it's also a fiver, like, whoa, why are my tickets so cheap? Oh, well, maybe I'm I'm farther behind the thing. But yeah, definitely get there. Definitely go check those gigs out. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. But guys, major shout-out to you for hanging in with me this week. I'm actually... I'm feeling rough, you know, I'm feeling hungover, I'm sick, I'm tired, I've had such a busy week with gigs and just being on the go and missing sleep and not eating right and not training right, that I'm just uh, lethargic as a motherfucker, you know, and then I went away for a family weekend to, there's a fucking broken desk again, to Ballantoy up the north coast, um, did the gig on Friday, the charity gig with the wear and I and just got straight in the car and straight up the ball toy where it was my wife's side of the family her brothers their kids wives and kids her mum and dad they are just married so there's no wives and kids there well technically <coughs> their kids were there but gads 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 guys I digress but anyway, we went up there. I went straight up after the gig finished on Friday night. Um, did I go for drinks with John Bishop afterwards? And uh, no. Why, why was I invited? No, obviously not. But that's not the point. The point is, I instead chose to go and see my family. Now, is that because I love my family thoroughly? Yes. Is it also because I wasn't invited? Yes. You, you know? Read it how you want to read it. But made my way up there, got there, everyone pissed. You know, there's been a lot of gin on the rip, a lot of wine in the rip. I've been thirsty because I've been looking forward to this week, weekend for weeks now. You know, been looking forward to getting a drink on. It's been a while since I've drank. Went in there for an hour, just polished off six beers in an hour. That's excessive, you know. That I got there and I said, I need, I need to see somebody. And they're like, who do you need to see? Your wife? I mean, no, I need to see Monsignor Moretti. And they're like, who's Monsignor Moretti? I'm like, he, he's a beer maker. Give me a fucking Moretti beer. Get the lid off it and just watch it pour down my neck. You know, just watch this bitch disappear down my neck. Buzz, buzz, two bottles at a time. Pop, pop, goes to the bottle top. Down my big belly. Blitzed in a matter of minutes, you know. But it was good fun, good crack. Then everyone just went to bed. Got up on the, on the Saturday. Uh, wee bit of a hangover, more of a sore throat, you know. I was like, oh no, I feel very sensitive now. But I got through it because, you know, I'm a dad. And that's, see if my parents move one more chair upstairs. I will go up. And I will, I will. 
I'll fucking beat you know what I was going to say do something with the chair break it up I'll just beat the shit out of them I'll just go up old school style and be like here dad fuck up bam mum fuck up eat my elbow you know what I mean that's what I'll do just shut up guys I'm trying to record a podcast I'm turning into a teenager again shut up I'm trying to record a podcast god teenager fella come get some dinner freaking idiot These are Napoleon Dynamite references in case you don't get them. What are you going to use today, Napoleon? Whatever I feel like I want to do. Gosh. But the Saturday we got up. Um, we got some breakfast on board. And then we went walking. Around Ballantoy. Which is fine. You know, do that. If you wish. But to the same extent, a packed just trainers to go walking and we're effectively just walking in the sea slash mixed with a sheep's paddock with a wild field when you mix the sea with the field what you're getting there is land mixing with water which when you combine land and water it's swamp it's cold wet swamp with sheep shit i'm in it in a pair of asics trainers up to my dick and that doesn't mean that i was deep in the water it just means my penis is long you know it hangs down just above my ankles. Vulgar. But true. And also today is opposite today. But anyway, I soaked my feet, went for a walk, it was good. Got Holly on this wee like strap in the front of me. Within like twenty minutes, I was like, now nah, we're gonna take her off the strap, she's too heavy. I've torn my back. I've just ripped I've just my lats have just come off. So I had to like, get her strapped onto my back. Tried that. Turns out my back's just too big, just too pumped up. Like I have a Mr. Olympia style back, couldn't fit on. She just smushed into my back. So I had to put her on Catherine's back. And she's just carrying around like a wee rucksack. It was great. After that, we went for a bit of shopping. And then more importantly, I got my way. And we went for pints. Because as some of my long-time listeners will know, I don't drink much. But when I do, I like to do it. So... Whenever I knew I was coming away for the weekend, I was going to be having pints. I just knew it was happening, so I was looking forward to it. I got myself lots of Guinness and got back to the house. Got all the kids played with, put them to bed, you know. Played with toys, obviously not pervertedly, because I am a dad and they're like, my family's weird. But we played with the kids for a bit, entertained them, they got all sleepy. Gave them all bottles, put them to bed. Yeah, it's the oldest kid, like 14, yeah, but he loves bottles too, you know. Ideally, he would like to be breastfeeding, but we didn't have any sexy young ladies that would be able to do that because I don't think he would like to be breastfed by like his mum or any aunties or stuff. That'd just be strange. But all the kids then went to bed and he's got drinking, playing cards against humanity, which I'm sure all you stinking people that listen to this podcast will know exactly what cards against humanity is. It's a very naughty card game where you like have to basically be as inappropriate as possible, and that really showed me aside. Of the family that I've married into that I didn't know existed, you know, um, it taught me a lot about them. Taught me a lot about their bizarreness, and also taught me that one of the one of my brother-in-laws is now known as the anal king. I'm not going to details as to why, but he bleaches his butthole anyway. Moving on, guys, I've just talked a lot of shit. We're on to 40 minutes already, and 
as you can tell from my sore voice, I need to go and take drugs. I need to go and get my strepsils into me. Because on <laughs> on the Saturday night when we were drinking in the house, I tried to avoid a hangover, you know. And this is the day later, I'm still quite hung. It's actually, it's creeped up me as the day's gone on. But before I went to bed, out towards the end of the night, I was just drinking loads of red wine. And I had a fire after a few glasses I did sneak up and get a couple of glasses of water to keep hydrated because you know you can't be dealing with shit with a hangover oh <sighs> like a podcast that's some shit I could be dealing with a hangover but I um, got a wee sneaky cup of tea before bed and then got into bed with a strapsel in my mouth and then I just passed out sleeping woke up the next day with just like as if I had a bloody toilet tablet in my mouth. I was so lemony. All my mouth was fuzzed. I just fallen asleep with a full strepsil just wedged the side of my cheeks. I was almost fully formed like six hours later. So I was able to like really treat my throat with that. But at the same time all my teeth have just eroded and fallen out in the sawdust. So it wasn't worth wasn't worth the price. But I'm gonna go to the listeners' questions. Here but before I do, just rate and review the podcast. It's on iTunes now, SoundCloud, and Spotify. If any of you guys can rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and if ever my podcast gets into the the top like two hundred and fifty or whatever of iTunes, I will send. I will do a show. Right, I'll do an hour of stand up. If I ever get in there for only podcast listeners, and I'll just do it for free. There you go. That's what I'll do. I'll be my prize to you guys. <coughs> if I get into that chart so by doing that you got to rate and review it so if you haven't already get on my page give me a 5 star review on iTunes and write something funny about it too because that's what I like to read out in the podcast you know if people give me good reviews I like to read those out right uh, let me see questions <coughs> I'm actually dying in here I'm going to go for Twitter questions first and foremost if I can still if I can still find them. Um, oh. <sighs> Golly gosh. Who's Hill Street's highest man? As my friend Dan Murphy's asked me this. He used to work with me in a Hill Street office and we used to play this game called Hill Street's Highest Man whereby you would take a load of weed and smoke no it isn't a weed smoking story you goats it's basically not as cool as that it's whereby we used to dip our fingers into stamp ink and jump as high as we could and touch a pillar in the office and whoever touched the highest in the pillar became Hill Street's highest man which in believe things or not I was Hill Street's reigning highest man with the uh, ability of a frog in my quads, I was just flying up there like a frog guy, just touching the roof. People never seen a stand jump like it, you know. Like I should be doing the vertical leap. I I've got an NBA athlete style jump. Do you know what I mean? People say white men can't jump. I'm not a white guy. I'm a phenom. You know what I mean? I was the Hill Street's highest man. Mark Beggs. I said currently stuck in a plane has been diverted to Aldergrove instead of landing at the city. Have you ever been in this situation? What did you do to pass the time? Shit be. I assume that's like a brother of Harambe. Nah, I know it's Fly B. I'm just 
shit comedian that's exhausted right now. But um, yeah, I get stuck on a plane, come back from honeymoon. Bit different, no diversion, but we're just on the plane. And we got on, sat down, got the baby on board, and then they're like, yeah, we're delayed for at least another hour. Which is not sweet. <sighs> so you're having a little baby on a plane. Not sweet at all. Fucking nightmare, in fact. But we managed to cope with that. Um, Sam Cardosi has asked the question that everybody wants to know. He said, when are you becoming a bespoke unhomeless man? Well, man, hopefully soon, because it's like six weeks I've been homeless. I'm still homeless I'm in my parents' house. I don't even know what my home's like. I might have to call around just to look at it to make sure no sneaky cat burglars are getting in and burglarizing my panty drawer. You know what I mean? I need to make sure all my thongs are intact. But yeah, hopefully in like the next couple of weeks because we just have had to get the full kitchen dug up, redone, bathroom. Just can't do it because of the baby. Um, Jason, the remainder. That sounds like some kind of like... Um, like pillager or something Jason the Remainer you can try to force me off these lands but I won't go because I'm Jason the Remainer decent accent that by the way having never watched Game of Thrones in my life but Jason the Remainer said what would you take from Northern Ireland if you needed to sell it abroad I assume he means like what like Northern Irish type quirk or something would you take if you could sell it abroad? Now a lot of people would just go, ha the crack. But nah, cause I feel like a lot of the crack here is irritating. You know, I feel like there's some good crack, but like everyone like say if you're one of these ones that go in here, but sure I'm great crack. Invariably you're not great crack. You know, you eat you eat shit is what it is. But if I were to take something from here Like you just think of the like the, the 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 like the regular things that a country has, like a government. Oh, we don't have that. You know, just uh, health. Oh, we don't have that. Um, what I do, I would want to sell abroad would be the heat. You know, because we're lucky. We live in a country. It's not too cold. It's not bitterly freezing. And it's not too warm. It's just a good heat. You know what I mean? It's nice, like, die sweat just walking about in the cold. Yeah, but, I mean, sure, that's probably high blood pressure. That's probably my heart, just my brain telling my heart, man, you know, don't pop. Just don't pop. You be good, just don't pop. You know, but if I were to take something, like, that's, like, an actual physical object, I would take harp lager because it's a good solid beer like see all these uh, craft beers if you taste like to me craft beer just tastes like special brew which tastes like shit you know it tastes like metal shit it tastes like you have just shot into a bucket full of liquid mercury you know that's what craft beer tastes like and all craft beer tastes the same I'm sorry if you're a craft beer aficionado just drink normal beer beer is beer is beer you know even some beers are stinking like Maggie's Leap Maggie's fucking leaping more like it was the worst beer I've ever tried in my life if you ever get offered a pint and go I'll try a Maggie's Leap here do yourself a favour don't you know if you want to save like 
four quid or whatever it costs to get a pint of Maggie's Sleep, just go into the bathroom, aim your cock in your mouth and piss in it. Because that's what fucking Maggie's Leap tastes like. I can vulgar real quick, sorry guys. Glenn Lindsay has said, with the sad passing of Karl Lagerfeld, if you could choose one big designer brand for a merch collaboration, who would it be and why? Hmm. Having been watching a wee bit of the assassination of Gianni Versace, I would like the Versace range because it's gaudy. You know what I mean? It's just really gaudy, in-your-face flamboyance. And I feel that's what I'm a bit like. You know, Donatella Versace's getting on a bit. She's kind of looking more and more like a ghost. You know, she's looking like that weird Momo girl that's going about. Which, by the way, what the fuck is that? This Momo game is going about, it's like an, a thing that sneaks in to mobile phone games. Like a game within a game. But it's this creepy picture of a girl who has the weirdest smile and these big bulbous eyes. And then they tell you, like kids to kill themselves. What sort of piece of shit would make a game like that? You know what I mean? Seriously. And also... <sighs> kids are just so fucking stupid. You know they are. To see this and be like, oh, you know, you should go and hurt yourself, otherwise I'll get your family. You know what you should do? Go and tell your dad straight away. My advice to kids is going to be, be a pussy. You know, don't be be a hard man. Always go to mummy and daddy. Any kids listen to this, see if you see some people that are trying to hurt you in any way. Let your mummy and daddy know. Or if it's your mummy and daddy aren't very good to you, go to your teachers. Do you know what I mean? But just don't deal with stuff by yourself in this fucking game. You know, some weird guy putting a scary picture of a woman telling kids to kill themselves? Fucked up. But that all came from Donatella Versace looking like she's made out of made in leather faces fucking cobbling ki- kitchen. You know? That's what she looks like. She looks like her face has been made having skinned another person's face and just sprayed it in orange paint. Very original comedic line that. It's like she's just taken the face and sprayed it with orange fucking paint uh. but my answer Glenn would be Versace I would like to collab with them and I'd like to start a style of just wearing very flamboyant shirts Finn um, Stu Bapper and I said if you ever needed relief would you casually ask your neighbour that's a reference to Abducted in Plain Sight where long story short there's this mum and dad who have a couple of kids their neighbour befriends them he wants to fuck the daughter so he uses his charm to fuck the wife so she thinks he's trustworthy and can get into her and then basically the dad's in the car with him and he just goes to dad here mate no harm to you but I have a massive heart on would you give me a jack and dad's like well hey if a brother needs relief he needs relief yes I will give you the wank and he did so would I um would I take relief from a neighbour? No, I wouldn't. Depending on if my neighbour was sexy, to be fair. If it was a really sexy neighbour, I would do it. I would do it, you know. I'd make it so. Albeit if I had clearance for that, I wouldn't just be going around being jacked off by guys anymore because I've changed, all right? Um... Whoa, let me see. I have 45,000 questions. Chloe has asked me, if you were to set up your own political party, 
what would you call it? Don't need to know policies really, just the name. Would it be weird, like the monster raving loony party or serious? I hope the 100 day fitness challenge is going good. Yeah, you know, politics are serious, Chloe. I would give my uh, party a name like, you know, the chilled out ass eating swag don't. I feel that would do well on a poster. I feel like it's a very serious name that shows everybody what me and my party would be about you know policy including the title but thanks for that question um chris henning said well dave hope you're in fine form i've recently got a few mates to listen to the podcast one even like my arlene foster Theresa may question this leads on to my question this week dot 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 what bespoke promotion would you run for the weirdo listeners for them to recruit friends and family to listen to the podcast um, I've just said that I've smacked my computer there and go fucks late at night um, if I get into the iTunes charts I'll just do an hour stand up free you know I'll rent the venue you can all come down have a good night I'll buy us all one round of drinks and then we'll just have a great time Will the venue be the box room in my house? Maybe. You know? Will I fill, fit one person into it? Two people? Yeah. And me. But I'll still do it. But that's a long way away. So get rating and review in the podcast, please, to give me a chance of inviting people into my house. Who? Dean Moore has said, Who will move in first? You to your house or Spurs into their new ground? Ha 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 ha. <laughs> that's actually very funny sick sly bullying but funny um, realistically it's going to be me into my house because Spurs are not going to be in their stadium before the end of this year I love that because Spurs are Spurs and I support Arsenal and I don't like Spurs and by the way Spurs could beat by Burnley this weekend sour grapes boys Arsenal are on the up back in the top four come on you gunners Um. <laughs> oh I've got the giggles Chris Barr has said hey Dave hope the homeless uh, stint has come to an end nope sly and you're back in the house here's this week's weird story Chris now last week's story was just too long I'm sure it's something you've heard before about plenty of people too long mate you know it's got to be shorter because you hurt me if it's too long you know but story this week is woman wants to use a human skin to make a handbag and doesn't care that it's gross a woman's hoping to use uh, oh, her amputated leg to make a beautiful handbag what a big fat bitch that must be if you have skin on your leg to make a handbag when faced with having part of their leg amputated most people would be concerned about that their life would be like after that but one woman's more worried about what will happen than missing part 55 year old named Joan has revealed that she doesn't want her leg to go to waste so she's come up with a rather unusual plan to ensure that her missing limb is useful, even if it's no longer attached to her body. Now, she says useful. She's attached a picture of she what she wants it to be, and it's a handbag, but there's literally like a Brazilian strip of skin down the front is her design. Now, I don't know whether that would include the criteria to say that that would be useful. It's just decorating a regular handbag with your own leg skin, which in my opinion is 
weird. Joni lives in Manchester, got in touch to see if they could find a unique service to meet their needs. Nah, because then they have to take her stinking legs again, no way. Um, believe it or not, she's still looking for someone to make the handbag for, because most, uh, I don't know what they're called, baggers, I guess. <laughs> don't know how to, you know, wouldn't be putting human skin on handbags. But Chris's question is, what I want to know is, what would your dream man bag look like? Oh, it would definitely be a nice, soft brown color. You know, there'd be a sheen to it. It'd be pretty bespoke with excellent stitching. You know, it'd be a sumptuous bag. Um, I don't like these bags that people wear, just bum bags over their shoulders now. I like your bum bag to be on your bum. You know what I mean? I like the strap to be around your bum. I like the bag to hang over your bag. In fact, I'd like a nice brown bum bag. That'd be very sexy. If I were to be able to do that myself. Mm. But thanks once again, Chris. As per, good question. Um, where are we at? When I'm alone in my room. Luke Gorman has said, Whoa, good morning. This week there was an interesting story about a powerlifter lifting a car off a person pinned under it after a crash. What a hero. Definitely a physique guy. Let's see. Hero powerlifter lifts vehicle pinned on top crash victim. Oh, shit. A man had no other choice, but... So, this powerlifter basically lifted a jeep that was pinning a man to the ground outside his gym. So, not only is he just powerlifted a jeep, uh, he must have been on serious pre-workout. Like, to just see some Brian Harvey-like guy land under his car, and he's like, <gasps> without a warm-up, that's intense. You blow your back out for this. Um, yeah, so the guy, just to be fair, the guy looks like he's a total freak. Um, it says that he trains five days a week, and it's been described as having a personal best of a 950-pound squat. So yeah, it's easy. We buns for him. But Luke wants to know is if it came to it, what's the biggest car Papa Physique could lift? Be better to save a person or to rescue a trapped stringer from under it? Hey, you know I love a stringer vest. You know I got you know if you're gonna have if you're gonna be going to the gym you gotta wear a stringer, you gotta get your, your ditties jingling. You know what I mean? You gotta have jingly ditties to go to the gym. <laughs> oh my throat is so sore. But the biggest car, like, if we're talking banter, I could lift the fucking Hummer, like. You know, if we're talking really, probably lift the smart car that have been gutted, you know, it's just a shell of a smart car. Is what I could lift with no doors, no in- insides, no nothing, no engine, just a frame. You know, I don't actually know. I, they, they should start making making cars with lifting belts on them just so we can really see um, what we can do, you know. But people aren't really into that, so I just I'm just gonna say an empty smart car. Um Paddy Mac has said, Hey Dave, check out this story. Loads of stories today for the guys and girls of the Weird Podcast. And the story is uh whoa. A man is threatening to sue his new wife after she wrote about his micro penis on the internet. 
The woman claims her new husband kept it a secret until they were on their honeymoon, saying he didn't agree with sex before marriage. What a dirty bee. She felt that he had lied and tricked her, so decided to share the story on Reddit to get some advice. But her husband found the post and is now terrified somebody will work out it's about him, so threatening divorce and sue her. You know what? See, having a big dick, having a small dick, it's, you know, inconsequential. It doesn't matter. You know, there's, pl- like, as the old saying goes, there's plenty of ways to skin a cat. There's plenty of ways to eat a... without a dick. You know, there's plenty. Um, but... <sighs> so sly. But what Paddy wants to know is, Apart from my micro penis, whoa, and he's written your in capitals, so apart from your micro penis, which, um, have you any major secrets that Catherine has found out about in the past? And if so, how did she react? Um, nothing juicy, but like, I would definitely say she talks about my dick a fair bit in a derogatory manner, and she's also set up a, a Reddit thread about that. And also, I threatened to sue her and divorce her from it. So what you've done is just unveiled my secret on on the podcast, there, mate. So I really appreciate that. But uh, no, realistically, you know, there's nothing too bad to discover about me. I'm quite an open, boring book. Huh. I feel like there's nothing, and if there, if I remember something, I'll bring it up next week. And the last question this week. Oh. It's from Luke Sweeney. Hi, Davey Wavy. Attended the live podcast there last Monday and had a really calm time. But there's one thing that sadly dampened my spirits. I don't mean to be sly, but I'm going to be. I made a request some time ago that you wear your freshest pair of kicks to the live pod so that I could get some inspiration. All that I seen was a safe bet, a staple, a poor man's effort. Discuss. Well, look, here's a discussion for you. I'm homeless. Eh? I don't have a house. I don't have access to my wardrobe. I've just got the bare minimum gear. And that's it. You know? So you're out there being like, hey, turn up looking swagged out in the most hottest pair of wheels that you got. Man, I ain't got no wheels. I ain't got the key to the bike shed to get my wheels out. I just got to take what I can find. And it just so happens to be a unicycle. That is stroked off some weird Spanish dude throwing juggling sticks at the bottom of the street. Do you know what I mean? I'm making do with what I've got because I'm homeless. So what I will tell you is this. There will be a live podcast for episode 120 of the Boytime Podcast. You little punk. And see at that, you'll be talking about my shoes. I'll be wearing a very sexy, hot, freaky, moist-making pair of kicks. And you can bet your candy ass on that. If you smell what the rock is cooking. I don't know why I finished the while. I just felt like it was going down that rock way. But guys, busy week. Hopefully next week I'll be feeling way better. Um, and, you know, I'll make a bit more sense. I'm just so sleepy today. You know, I'm sleepy. I'm sick. I drank too much. You shouldn't feel sorry for me. I'm disgrace. And yeah, I'll be back next week. But until then, get the podcast shared. I'm gonna say it one more time. Get it shared. Get it out there. Get people see when I see people sharing my story on Instagram. I get erect, like literally. And when I get erect, I t- 
tell the world about it. You know, I let people know. So whenever I, you know you're popping that video up on your Facebook or your uh, fuck Facebook, that shit on your Instagram stories, know you have succeeded and give me an erection. A man over the age of 30 that struggles with those things, you know you're helping. You're maybe giving my daughter a sister or brother but give me that boner but just keep doing it I like it share it rate and review it just get the word out for the weird podcast and again great amount of questions this week I fucked up by being so tired but guess what next week the week after the more questions I get the better it'll be and I have no idea how much I oh shit one hour and four minutes guys anyway thank you for listening subscribe and soundcloud Rate and review on iTunes. Get on Spotify. And if you want to watch the video podcast, get your uh, computers out and type in www.meatspin.com to see what I'm about. Until next week. Fuck ah. Uh.